July 26th, Romans chapter 9, verse 25, through chapter 10, verse 13. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who are not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And once they were told, You are not my people, but now he will say, You are children of the living God. Concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand on the seashore, only a small number will be saved. For the Lord will carry out His sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said in another place, If the Lord Almighty had not spared a few of us, we would have been wiped out as completely as Sodom and Gomorrah, Well, then, what shall we say about these things? Just this. The Gentiles have been made right with God by faith, even though they were not seeking Him. But the Jews, who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law, never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law and being good instead of by depending on faith. They stumble over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the Scriptures when He said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who believes in Him will not be disappointed. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is that the Jewish people might be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal for they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. Instead, they are clinging to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. They won't go along with God's way, for Christ has accomplished the whole purpose of the law. All who believe in Him are made right with God. For Moses wrote that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But the way of getting right with God through faith says, You don't need to go to heaven to find Christ and bring Him down to help you. And it says, You don't need to go to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. Salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is the message we preach, is already within easy reach. In fact, the Scriptures say, The message is close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you were saved. As the Scriptures tell us, anyone who believes in Him will not be disappointed. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord, who generously gives His riches to all who ask for them. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't believe people who tell you that God will keep you from all suffering, or that God will bring you out of suffering really quickly. That's false hope. It abounded in Jeremiah's day, and it is abounding today. In the mouths of prophets then and in the mouths of preachers today all across our country. Please hear me loud and clear. 
many of the fastest growing churches in our country today are built on this false hope. I was having a conversation recently about one church that draws tens of thousands of people and they say explicitly, I quote, it is God's will for every believer to become whole, healthy, and successful in every area of life. They claim that on the cross, Jesus bought for us not just spiritual provision, but physical provision and financial provision. So this is not just out there teaching. This is mainstream, common teaching that is drawing supposedly Christian crowds. And not just here, all around the world. Many of the fastest supposedly Christian churches and movements and supposedly Christian books are built on teaching that says God wills for you to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous in this world. God wills to keep you from all suffering. If only you will trust in Him. Have faith in Him. And if by chance, for some reason, you find yourself in suffering, maybe even because of a lack of faith, if you will only return to God in faith, your suffering will end in a short time. Believe this, claim this, trust that prosperity is coming. Tell yourself this, power of positive thinking even. Have faith in Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. God wills to prosper you financially, physically, otherwise. And if you're suffering right now, you need to believe the prosperity is coming soon because that's what Jeremiah 29, 11 teaches, right? When in reality, Jeremiah 29, 11 teaches the exact opposite. God's people were in exile according to God's will. And according to God's word, their suffering in exile was not coming to an end anytime soon. Now you might think, I like the other message better. Which is exactly what the people in Jeremiah's day were thinking. It's why they were believing these false prophets. And God is saying to us right now the exact same thing He was saying to them then. Don't believe it. Don't put your hope in crowd-pleasing words. Why? Because they're not from God. Jeremiah, the prophet who is speaking the word of God, says here is true hope. Follow this. Your hope is not that God wills to keep you from all suffering. That's not at all what Jeremiah 29.11 teaches. Jeremiah 29.11 teaches that God wills to bring you through all suffering. We've seen this, like context of Jeremiah 29 makes crystal clear that suffering is a reality for God's people in this fallen world and God's people will not escape it. But God says to his people in the middle of suffering, I promise to enable you to endure it. And God does not promise in his word that suffering will end in a short time. That is a false hope that has led all kinds of people astray, preachers or Christians, saying, if you just believe, have faith, you will be healed soon. If you just have faith, believe, you will have 
financial health. Exile will not be the end for you, God tells his people. Your suffering will not have the last word. I have good plans for you, God says, and my good plan is guaranteed to prevail in the end. Do you realize what this means? What it meant for God's people in Jeremiah 29 and what it means for us as God's people today? God's plan calls for patient trust. 70 years is a long time to wait. Most of us would like God to work out our problems by the end of the week, not the end of the century. Which is why these false prophets were so appealing then, and it's why prosperity teaching is so popular today. But it's not true. It's a lie. What's true is that God is calling his people through his word, through this word, to patient trust. Is it possible that suffering could end soon in this or that situation? That healing, reconciliation, whatever might happen? Absolutely. By the grace and power of God, it is. And we can and should pray for that. But is it guaranteed? Absolutely, it is not. You can't bank your life on that. God hasn't said that, no matter how good it sounds. And I'm not going to say it as your pastor, no matter how many crowds it brings or doesn't bring. What God says is that when suffering comes, sometimes suffering stays. Psalm chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, for the choir director, a psalm of David. In times of trouble, may the Lord respond to your cry. May the God of Israel keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory, flying banners to honor our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. Some nations boast of their armies and weapons, but we boast in the Lord our God. Those nations will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. Give victory to our King, O Lord. Respond to our cry for help. 
Proverbs chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. The king's fury is like a lion's roar. To rouse his anger is to risk your life. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling.